Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kenzie Dazinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach, and this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and lead mutually empowered, purposeful lives. If you're just joining us, welcome. I hope you had a joyful Easter. We've been moving slowly but surely through a series on married sexuality, and on today's podcast, I'm answering some of your questions that you guys have sent in over the past month or so. I've sensed a couple of themes in your questions, which has been so helpful as I continue to work on creating this online class for you on healthy sexuality. So know that your feedback has been invaluable to me. Before we dive in, if you're interested in that class and want to be the first to know about when it comes available, head over to bravemarriage.com sex, leave your name and email, and I'll be sure to give you all the details as soon as I finish up that course over the next month. Our question today comes from Kay. I'm not mentioning full names because even though you guys know that I'm comfortable talking about sex with you at this point, these are still personal questions that have come in. And I have so much respect for these individuals who've written not only to help themselves, but also to help others in similar situations. So thank you to those of you who've written in and who've trusted me with this precious part of your marriage. And this question from Kay covers just about all the recurring themes that showed up in your questions, and I thought it'd be a good one to address today in detail. She writes, My husband and I, for the most part, have a good sex life, but one of our recurring issues is related to sex. Every now and then, we come to the same spot. I don't want to one night, and sometimes he's okay with me saying no, and sometimes he pouts, shutting me out. I've told him if he wants sex that night, to try and initiate by nine or I'll get tired. He counters with, he shouldn't always be the one initiating. And he shouldn't. But more often than not, it is him. It seems he enjoys sex more than I do or needs it more. Sex was so fun and exciting in the beginning, and now it's different. Not bad, but not the same. Our oneness is off. I often have sex even if I'm not in the mood and part of me wishes he could see my sacrifice, but I never say anything because I think the thought of sacrifice would hurt his feelings more. I'm not sure how to improve our sex life. I know something's off with me and I want to tell him how to help, but the thing is I'm just not sure what's off. If it's the romance, lack of other forms of intimacy, or how we don't warm up for sex. My body is forced to adjust as we go. It's an issue I want to work on, and I know I'm not the only one. And Kay, you're absolutely right about that. And I so appreciate your taking the time to explain what's going on for you. You've articulated your all's experience really well. What I hear you saying through your email is that sex has overall been a good experience for you, especially in the beginning of your marriage. But over time, the fun and excitement have waned a bit as you and your husband dance around differing desire levels, expectations, and needs. On the surface, it appears as though your husband is the higher desire partner and that you manifest a lower level of desire, although I'd be curious to see what would happen if all the things you mentioned were remedied if your desire for sex isn't actually higher. Although there will always be a slightly higher and slightly lower desire partner in every marriage, that's just the nature of dynamic relationships. It seems to me that over time, his desire has been exaggerated 
while your desire has been minimized. And no one's at fault for this. Couples regularly fall into this dynamic, in part because of cultural conditioning, which says that men generally desire sex more than women, but also because couples don't realize what they've contributed to their own relational dynamic over time. And so as I read your email, I see three different areas that could be contributing to your current sexual dynamic. Understanding of gender differences in desire and arousal, each of your sexual expectations, and your all's communication around those things. So first, understanding gender differences in desire and arousal. When I first started working with couples, I used to only share this information with premarital and newlywed couples, I guess assuming that couples who'd been married for 7 or 10 years knew these things. And then I realized couples who didn't get this information early on often didn't seek it out later, so they were just as in the dark. And unfortunately, this lack of information had in certain cases created issues, but it was such a simple fix once they understood their own and each other's bodies and their sexual differences better. So here's what you both need to know if you don't already. Men are visual and women are sensual. Okay, I know you know this, and to be clear, because I'm not a fan of generalizations, Women can also be visual, and men can also be sensual. But where this begins to break down in practicality is when a husband fails to realize that his wife's physical arousal, meaning vaginal lubrication and genital swelling, rarely begins by just looking at his naked body, right? He may become aroused that way, but she, more often than not, won't. She needs physical, sensual touch to become adequately aroused and ready for penetration. Yes, I'm talking about foreplay here, but I think it's more helpful to think of sensual touch as part of the arousal process. It's an essential part of a woman's sexual response cycle. That is, if her or the couple's desire is to have a more meaningful sexual encounter than just penetration and intercourse. So, whereas a man's desire and arousal can occur simultaneously, spontaneously, and before the sexual encounter even begins, a woman's desire can seem latent, and her physical arousal will most often occur after the sexual encounter begins. That is, if the couple gives her body the proper amount of time and touch required, which is different for every woman, by the way. But Kay, when you say your body is forced to adjust as you go, that's what's happening here. There's a lack of sufficient arousal happening that's creating an unpleasant or, as you said, a forced sexual experience. Now, a quick caveat, not to you, Kay, but to others listening. Sexual discomfort or a lack of natural lubrication are not always simply a matter of technique. Hormones, aging, sexual history, and other factors can contribute to various issues with sexual functioning. So I just wanted to quickly say that if you are allowing for the right amount of time, touch, and lubrication, and you're still experiencing discomfort or difficulty or pain, please seek out a medical professional, because the majority of sexual pain issues are treatable when you're willing to work with the right medical professionals. 
And while I hate to leave you with possible explanations for what's happening without direct solutions here, it's honestly because I desire to maintain some level of decency here on the podcast. And I don't want to make it so that those who don't want or need this information have to listen or to say things so explicitly that the kids have to leave the room if you have them. But I'm totally going there in the online course I'm creating on healthy sexuality. And I'm really excited about it to walk you through the education pieces, understanding your desire better, and to offer you some techniques needed to enhance your arousal process. But I want you two to feel free to do that within the privacy of your own home. Okay, second area that could be contributing to your current sexual dynamic, sexual expectations. Now, I won't spend a lot of time here, but the ones you bring to light include each of your expectations for who will initiate, at what time you'll initiate, emotional versus physical closeness, and which one each of you desires to happen first. And finally, your expectations for what the arousal process should look like. So between a new understanding of male and female sexual differences and the past six episodes on the podcast, I'd encourage you to sit down sometime over coffee or dinner and address these expectations one by one. And I know this can potentially feel awkward or uncomfortable. And so in the online course I'm creating, it's going to tell you exactly when and where to bring these things up with very specific discussion questions to ask each other. My hope is that in having these questions and conversations come from a neutral third party, that it will make it easier to begin talking about your sex life in a way that feels free of tension and comfortable to both of you. And finally, the third area is communication. I appreciate, Kay, how you've tried to think through what might be contributing to the offness that you describe, and it seems that you've done so objectively, with humility, rather than blaming your spouse or becoming critical of him. And so if you're communicating with your husband in the same way you wrote this email, then you're already on the right track there. But I do want to encourage you to think on these two questions. Number one, what am I non-verbally communicating to my husband by, quote, often having sex even when I'm not in the mood? And number two, could I be more assertive when it comes to my sexual needs? With the first question, and I'll ask it again, what am I non-verbally communicating to my husband by often having sex even when I'm not in the mood? What I want you to know is that it's not a bad thing at all to meet your spouse's sexual needs out of a wholehearted and loving place. But it can have unintended consequences if that mentality becomes the norm and you lose yourself in the process. So one of those unintended consequences is when a willingness to give out of love turns into a rote exercise whereby you turn off your mind and heart to your spouse while offering up your body. When this happens, disconnection is forged through your sexual relationship and it's often not long before bitterness and resentment creep in. And when that happens, sex becomes associated with negative feelings and over time, that negative sentiment is reinforced, thus making sexual desire less and less likely. See how that works? 
Another consequence is a breakdown in communication. So even though in your mind you're doing right by him, sacrificing for him out of love, it's very possible that he doesn't know you're sacrificing, as you put it. In other words, he may very well think you're satisfied or wanting to have sex based solely on your actions because that's what you're non-verbally communicating to him. And if you're already a little hesitant to bring up your needs or concerns, passively making love while desiring something different, again, is only going to reinforce that negative sentiment for you while leading him potentially to think that things are fine when they are not. Because men are not mind readers, and all they have to go off of are our actions if we're not using our words. Which brings me to the second question, could I be more assertive when it comes to my own sexual needs? If I may, I'd like to reread one sentence from your email. I know something's off with me, and I want to tell him how to help, but the thing is, I'm just not sure what's off. If it's the romance, lack of other forms of intimacy, or how we don't warm up for sex. So, just as an observation, Again, you're very gracious in your attempt to figure out what's going on specifically with you. And if every individual in their marriage would take on that same posture of trying to take responsibility for themselves, we'd all have much more mature relationships. (laughs) However, as I read that, I see three specific areas in which you already know what's going on for you. For you, there's potentially some issues surrounding romance, lack of other forms of intimacy, and a lack of warm-up time during sex. So I get that you're saying I don't know exactly what it is, but the good news is you do know what needs to be addressed. The harder news is those issues actually have to be addressed if you desire for them to change. Because I could give you a number of hypotheses, but without knowing the full context of your relationship, talking through each of those with your husband is going to be your best chance of figuring out what's happening for each of you and keeping you from that even better sex that you desire. So my suggestion to you here is to be more assertive in asking for what you want. Now, here's a common mistake we as women tend to make, at least some of us. We think we're being assertive when we clearly express a complaint or talk around an issue we're having, but assertiveness comes and communication is made clear when we take it a step further and actually ask for what we want and why. And this goes for men and women alike, but in my practice, I tend to see women having a harder time than men asking for what they want, especially asking for what they want sexually. So say something like this, but obviously make it true to your situation. Hey babe, I love you so much and I wish we were intimate more often. I know for you, you feel like we're being intimate when we connect through sex and I do too, but I'm finding myself desiring more closeness and affection, like for the day or two before we make love. Because I find that when I have a larger context of physical and emotional connection, that's not just limited to having sex, I'm more ready and excited to have sex when we do have it. So I'm wondering if we can make it a nightly routine to go for a walk or cuddle on the couch or talk about what's going on for each of us over dinner. 
So start with what you want and desire for both of you, put yourself in your partner's shoes, and express your understanding of where they're coming from, and then ask for what you want and tell your spouse why it matters or why it's important to you and how you anticipate it leading you both closer to what you both desire. All right, I really hope that helps and gives you a good place to start. And to everyone who wrote in, thank you so much for being here, for showing up each and every episode, and for caring deeply about your life and your marriage. When I started the Brave Marriage Podcast, you are the ones I had in mind. The ones who truly are brave enough to be honest, to go to the places not all couples are willing to go, and who are courageously pursuing the life and marriage you were created to lead. And my prayer for your marriage this week is that you'd have courage, that you would push yourself one step past your comfort zone, risking just an ounce more of vulnerability with your spouse in order that you might reap the reward of deeper intimacy because of it. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Love is not about Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile